Welcome to this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast, hosted by me, Christina Simmons, your guide for this online retreat designed to help you become the saint God created you to be, especially during this Lenten and Easter season. This retreat will consist of material from the spiritual classic, 12 Steps to Holiness and Salvation, that contains the wisdom of St. Alphonsus Liguori, as well as a brief reflection and a daily resolution that is designed to help you incorporate and live out that wisdom in your daily life. So join with me now as we take the next step on the road towards holiness. Welcome to Day 8. And we begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Lord, we ask you to open our hearts and minds so that we may hear your voice and be given the courage to act upon it throughout this day. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So we have completed chapter 1, and we are now beginning chapter 2. Chapter 1 focused upon the first theological virtue of faith. Chapter 2 has us focusing upon the second theological virtue of hope. In thee, O Lord, have I hoped. Let me never be confounded. Psalm 30, verse 2. Hope is a supernatural virtue by which we confidently expect, in virtue of God's promise, the endless happiness of heaven and the means necessary for its attainment. To be convinced of the inestimable value of this virtue and to have a constant incentive for its practice, it will be profitable to consider the objects of our hope, its motives, its qualities, and its effects. The first and foremost object of our hope, the object by excellence, is the possession of God in heaven. We are not to suppose that the hope of possessing God in heaven in any way interferes with the virtue of love. They are not opposed. In fact, the hope of eternal happiness is inseparably united with love, for only in heaven will the completion and perfection of love be found. According to St. Thomas, with the idea of friendship, is intimately united the mutual sharing of goods, for as friendship is nothing else but a mutual attraction, it follows that friends must do as much good to one another as is in their power. Without this mutual sharing of goods, says the angelic doctor, there can be no genuine friendship. Our Lord called his disciples his friends because he communicated his mysteries to them. I have called you friends because all things whatsoever I have heard of my Father, I have made known to you. John chapter 15, 15. According to the teaching of St. Thomas, love does not exclude the hope of the reward that God has prepared for us in heaven. That very reward is the principal object of our love, for it is nothing but God himself, the vision of whom is the eternal happiness of the elect. Friendship, says the angelic doctor, requires that a friend be in possession of his friend. This is that mutual communication or surrender of which the spouse in the canticle speaks when she says, My beloved is mine, and I am his. In heaven, the soul gives itself entirely to God, and God gives himself entirely to the soul, as far as its capacity and merits will allow. Love, says Dionysius the Aeropagite, strives in accordance with its nature 
after union with the object loved. Or rather, as St. Augustine remarks, love is a golden chain that binds together the hearts of the lover and the loved one. But since this union cannot be effected between those that are separated, the lover continually yearns for the presence of his beloved. When the spouse in the canticle saw herself separated from her beloved, she was consumed with longing and begged her companions to make known to him her anguish, to induce him to afford her some consolation by his presence. I adjure you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, that you tell him that I languish with love. A soul that tenderly loves Jesus Christ cannot live here below without the most ardent longing to be united with him in heaven, where he will be her exceedingly great reward. As long, therefore, as our soul is not perfectly united with God in heaven, it will never enjoy true peace. Those who love our Lord sincerely find peace of heart, it is true, in conformity to the will of God, but perfect peace and perfect rest they shall never have here below. This we shall acquire only with the attainment of our last end, the vision of God face to face and his ineffable love. As long as the soul is separated from her last end, she shall continue to sigh with the prophet. Behold, in peace is my bitterness most bitter. Yes, my God, I live in peace in this valley of tears, for such is thy holy will. But I cannot but remember with unspeakable pain that I am not as yet perfectly united with thee, the source of all peace and rest, the goal of my heart's desire. It was for this reason that the saints yearned for their heavenly home, consumed as they were with an ardent love for God. Holy David complained about his long and weary exile. Woe is me that my sojourning is prolonged in Psalm 119. Only the hope of eternal happiness could console him. I shall be satisfied when thy glory shall appear. Psalm 16. St. Paul desired nothing more ardently than to leave this world and to be with Christ. I desire to be dissolved and to be with Christ. Philemon chapter 1. The good that I hope for, says St. Francis of Assisi, is so great that every suffering becomes for me a pleasure. All these expressions of ardent longing are so many acts of perfect love. St. Thomas teaches that the highest degree of love that a soul on earth can attain is an ardent desire for heaven, to be there united to God and to possess him forever. The greatest suffering that the souls in purgatory endure proceeds from this longing for the possession of God, and this pain is felt especially by those who in life had but a feeble desire for heaven. Cardinal Bellarmine thinks that in purgatory there is a place where souls endure no pains of sense, but are tortured solely by the loss of the presence of God. St. Gregory, St. Vincent Ferrer, St. Bridget, and St. Bede the Venerable cite a number of such instances where souls are tormented not on account of sins committed, but because of the absence of a desire for heaven. There are souls that strive after perfection, but without any special desire to leave this earth and to be united to God. But since eternal life is a priceless treasure that Jesus Christ has purchased for us by his death, 
those souls that have but a feeble desire to possess it will have to suffer later on this account. There are three things necessary for the attainment of eternal life, the pardon of our sins, the victory over temptations, and the crown of all graces, a holy death. These three things are accordingly the objects of our hope. Wow. So much here that St. Alphonsus gives us as we begin to meditate and ponder about the theological virtue of hope. In particular, he is telling us a couple of things. One, hope and love are not at odds. In fact, they're intertwined. They're complementary. They are what help us be able to attain that perfect peace and that perfect rest which we will never experience here because we are not completely in union with God here. That's only in heaven that we can have this. And he reminds us of this and that our soul should constantly be longing because we are separated from the one for whom we long. We are separated from you know, our God and therefore we are just not completely at peace. St. Augustine said in a, in a different place, our souls, our hearts and souls are restless, Lord, until they rest in you. And this is the reality. Alphonsus also reminds us of the fact that we should always be striving to increase in our desire, to have an ardent desire to be with God, to be willing to leave behind what is here and now to be with God for all eternity. And this is what he's speaking of when he's speaking about the souls in purgatory, in which the question and our resolution for today, I might suggest, would be for us to reflect upon how strong is your desire for heaven? How strong and ardently do you pursue God, who is our beloved? So consider that and ponder that. A perfect thing to be doing, especially during this Lenten season. How much am I pursuing my Lord? Am I pursuing him as much as he pursues me? Know my continued prayers for each and every one of you. God bless and look forward to seeing you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this episode of this special series of the Say Yes to Holiness podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you think others may benefit from listening, please be sure to share the podcast with others. Until next time, know my continued prayers that you be given whatever graces you need to do whatever it takes on the journey towards holiness so that together we can tell the Master of Death, not today. God bless.